Hello, my friendsies, and welcome back to episode 33 of Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher. I'm your host, Jessica Martin, and on today's episode, I would like to dish all about my nightmare first year teaching. (laughs) It was super bad. I almost got fired, which I just remembered after I saw a meme that one of my buddies posted. And yeah, I just I wanted to share my story just in case you've had a bad year teaching or maybe you're a first year teacher, you're going into your second year and you're just thinking, oh my gosh, that was the worst time ever. I wanted to share my experience with you and yeah, we can just kind of dish about what it's really like and how it actually ends up getting better. So let's begin. Are you feeling a little burnt out and exhausted this school year? Healthy Teacher, Happy Teacher podcast is here to get you through the hard weeks. We will be tackling tough topics while addressing self-care tips and tricks to help you live your best life. I'm your host, Jessica Martin, a coffee-drinking teacher and tech coach working on my own health journey as I pursue happiness in my teacher life. I am so happy you're here with me today, and I can't wait to share all the things with you. Let's get on with the show. Okay, before we start this episode, I'm going to read a review from one of my listeners because that's kind of fun to go over. Uh, This person says, Jess is the best. (laughs) I would agree. My mom would always say when I was a kid, she'd say, Jess is the best, but her room is a mess. (laughs) She even made a sign that said that. Anyway, uh, Jess is my burst of happy that I need both on here and on Instagram. Love her unique podcast. I appreciate that it is a niche. Remember, it rhymes with quiche. (laughs) Uh, Self-care is so important. Being happy is important and being healthy is important. Thank you. Well, thank you. That was from KM Tay. I like that. There's so many rhymes in this. It's wonderful. Thank you so much. I really appreciate all of your reviews. I plan on reading all of them on air. And yeah, let's get on with the show, shall we? Okay, frenzies, we're dishing on first year teacher or just having a real bad year as a teacher. I'm going to tell you the story of my first year teaching. I want to give you a little background info first. I did not ever want to be a teacher growing up. (laughs) I went to school. I majored in finance and I got out of school. It was super hard to get a job. The economy had sort of crashed, at least in the financial world. I had a tumultuous time in my 20s. I was in four major car accidents between the ages of like 17 and 25. Got really banged up, had several major surgeries. I was in an abusive relationship that ended in a restraining order. My 20s were a hot mess. And I did I did work somewhat in my 20s. I I worked in group homes for disabled adults. A lot of that, like I took those kind of jobs because of all of my car accident injuries. It was really, really hard. Like the further I got away from getting out of college, the harder it was to try to find a professional career. So what I want you to take away from all of this is like I kind of came in to the teaching profession a little bit cocky, right? <laughs> Because, and it's embarrassing to admit that, but 
I didn't even look into going to grad school or anything until I was probably like 27, I think, maybe 20, 26, 27 ish. And my, some of my friends were like, you know, what are you doing with your life? You have a bachelor's degree and you're making $11 an hour in these group homes. Like, seriously, you need to get your act together. You don't want to turn 30 and have no career or 40 or 50. Life goes by fast. You need to figure out a career. And that's kind of how I got into teaching. I was looking at several different career paths as I did not know what I wanted to do. Like I said, I was a complete hot mess. I was looking at uh, professions that I could go to grad school and then get a job afterwards. So I was looking at becoming a social worker, going to law school, um, going to teaching school and maybe I even looked at pharmacy school and I, I actually went to pharmacy school. I like tried to get all of the credentials to get into it. Anyway, I took like the prerequisite courses for it. I, there was, like I said, I was all over the board and I'm a lifetime learner. So I just love learning anything, right? That's why so many different career paths interest me because I, I love learning. And I think that's kind of typical of teachers and why teaching was such a great fit for me because we're always learning. We're always getting better at our craft. And then we're teaching other people how to learn. And it's an exciting career. It really is. So anyway, I wanted to give you like that kind of background info to everything. Like I started out on this path later. I'm not going to say later in life because maybe some people listening, maybe they started teaching at 40 or 50. It's one of those careers where, you know, you need the baseline bachelor's degree to get into it. But then there's several different roads to getting a license and getting in the classroom. So it attracts people from all different walks of life at different ages. And I think that's kind of cool. And that's something that you don't really see much of on social media. But it's definitely something I've seen working in schools is that there's a lot of there's a lot of veterans, there's a lot of people that are on their second or third career, there are a lot of people that were stay at home moms that got into it after their kids are grown up. I mean, I mean, it's a pretty cool career uh, to start at any point in your life because I don't think there's a lot of roadblocks for getting a job like other careers. If you go and apply when you're like 50 years old, people are like, uh, I don't know. There's a lot of ageism out there. But for teaching, since there's always this revolving door of teachers and a lot of teacher shortages, I don't think they're really looking at the ages of people coming through the door. They're just kind of like, oh, cool, a warm body that wants to do this. And I'm not saying that's true of every district, but a lot of them that have teacher shortages are willing to have like alternative roads of licensure to get people in the classroom. And really, life experience is good going into the classroom. Like, you know, I'm, I'm, I don't feel like I have nearly as much stress as some of my friends who started right after college because I'm like, you know, I've been in other situations and I've had really crappy jobs and this is not one of them. Like I have had seriously bad jobs. I could tell you some stories. And so I think I'm a little bit more appreciative of what teaching brings. And I know that's probably hard to listen to for some people that are like, oh my gosh, I'm a teacher. I'm so stressed out. It's a really awful job, blah, blah, blah. But I mean, there are worse jobs out there, believe me, because I worked a lot of them. <laughs> and so, like I said, I'm going into this story with a totally different perspective of like, 
I worked for 10 years, got a degree in something different, worked in several different industries. I mean, I tried my hand at a lot of different things before becoming a teacher. And that was sort of a bad thing starting out because I wasn't very humble. I was very braggadocious about my experience level and things I had gone through and like I can handle anything and I was too proud to ask for help for things going into it a little later in life. So I want you to keep that in mind while I tell you this story because you know it is a little bit different. Okay let's start. So after student teaching I had a bunch of jobs lined up but I met my future husband who was then my boyfriend and I wanted to live closer to him. So I moved a few hours closer to the old whimsical hubby, who was old whimsical boyfriend back then. <laughs> and I moved, I moved to a town that was about an hour away from where he lived. Everything's just so spread out around these parts. Anywho, it was just a whole new world because I went from a town of or a city of 300,000 people to a city of 7,000 people. And there were only a handful of elementary schools. There were three elementary schools. And I, you know, I kept applying for teaching jobs and I just got rejected that first year out. Every county around here that I applied to, I couldn't even get an interview. <laughs> It was really hard because it is a bit of a good old boy network. Like you got to know someone to get your foot in the door. So anywho, I ended up taking a job as a teacher, teacher's aide because I figured that would be better than not working in a school at all. And I got a job in a computer lab working as a teacher's aide, but I really worked that job like I was a computer teacher. I decorated the classroom, I taught all the lessons, and I just felt like I was doing an amazing job. It was only part-time. It was like 20 hours a week, but I really put my heart and soul into that place, and I figured that if I did a really good job that year, by the end of the year, maybe they would offer me a teaching position, right? <laughs> So the end of the year comes and nope, I, I didn't even get an interview again. And I was so frustrated. I was just like, what? Like I put my heart and soul into this place and I have a teaching license and I have degrees and you're not like, you're not even going to give me an interview. It was so gut wrenching. And so I kind of learned, I, I learned the ways of living in remote towns is that, you know, sometimes you have to go even more remote. You have to go take your first job somewhere that nobody wants to work. And so I ended up applying to a, a more remote town of 400 people 90 miles away from the already small town. So here I've gone from a town of 300,000 to a town of 7,000 to now a town of 400 people. <laughs> I mean, I just, it kind of blows my mind, like seeing how much my life has changed in the last seven or eight years. Um, so anyway, I was just going to say thanks a lot, whimsical hubby. <laughs> but I, I have learned a lot of important lessons. So anywho, I ended up taking this job 90 miles from home. And I commuted every day. I know that seems insane, but I was thirsty to become a teacher. I mean, I had this teaching license and nobody would even give me an interview. So the interview that I got at this school that was 90 miles away, they pretty much hired me the same day. They're like, you're hired. If you're willing to come here, you're hired. And I really didn't know anything about the school, but some people in town had told me it was kind of rough and I didn't really know why. I did know that it bordered on an Indian reservation 
And that's all I really knew is that it was in a town, but then there was an Indian reservation nearby. So anywho, I was just thrilled and I, I started off like really super duper excited. And I, you know, I, I just started, I started this new life. The first thing is I took over a room. Um, it was a fifth and sixth grade classroom and the teacher had been there for 30 years and she left all of her stuff behind. <laughs> 30 years of teaching materials. There was just garbage piled from the floor to the ceiling. Every single drawer and cupboard was just just so much junk, right? And I just threw it all away because I'm like, these are like workbooks from 1980 something. <laughs> I don't need any of this stuff. And that actually caused problems for me later because other teachers would come into that room apparently and still use some of those lessons. And I just threw everything away. So I don't know. You might want to ask around if you're going to a new school and you're cleaning out your room for the first time. Like if anybody wants anything, like you might want to circulate your schools. That was probably one of my first really big mistakes as not realizing like the impact this teacher had made. So anyways, um, yeah, I had a I had a fifth and sixth grade classroom combined. I had 20 students, 10 fifth graders, 10 sixth graders, and I was all excited. I would say um, 90% of my students were Native American. Um, and then and then the other 10% were kids of teachers. So anywho, I just started off really, really enthusiastic and excited and things just came crashing down really quickly. Like the first week of school, there were several fist fights and kids like they weren't buying into any of my activities and I just didn't understand what was happening. Like they were, they were beating each other up in the classroom and I'm like, what is going on? And I find out, like, it took me a while. Nobody told me this when I started, but I found out that I had five sets of siblings. Like, I never thought that in a million million years that I would have, like, brothers and sisters in the same classroom. But that is kind of common in remote settings, right? And I had, I didn't know. And a lot of the people that were fighting happened to be siblings, but I didn't know because everybody had different last names. So it was just a really weird situation. So the first couple of weeks, I'm just, just, you know, I'm constantly calling the principal and I'm just, you know, trying to figure out like, what is going on? Why are they so violent? Like what is happening? So anywho, okay. So anywho, I'm going to be honest with you. I hope this doesn't come and burn me later, but my principal was definitely an alcoholic. She was, you know, at this local bar every night, kind of making a fool of herself. And she definitely had some mental problems. And these are things I didn't really know or realize when I started the job. You know, she seemed fine to me. So here's kind of what happened is like, you know, I was having these problems, but I was just too, like, I had already called her in for some fist fights and the behavior just kept going. Like there was just no respect in the room and I just kept having problems with these kids throughout the day, but I was embarrassed because I was like 30 years old and here I can't control 20, 10 and 11 and 12 year olds. You know what I mean? Like, I just felt like, oh my gosh, I went to school for this. You know, I've read all the books. Like, why is like nothing I'm trying is working, but I felt kind of too embarrassed to go and tell the principal because I thought she's already probably thinking poorly of me because of these fist fights and whatnot. So I, here's a mistake that I made. And I know I, you know, said some bad stuff about the principal. I mean, I'm just stating facts, but anyway, (laughs) my, my mistakes, you know, I started complaining to other people. 
And I complained to the wrong people. I complained to my coworkers. They'd ask me how my day went. And I'd just be like, oh, boy, it was really rough. You know, this person did that. And I'm just so exhausted. And I don't understand why anything's working. And every single one of my coworkers ran and told the principal exactly what I would say every day. And then she would confront me you know, yelling and screaming or sending me nasty emails. I mean, it just continued on like it was really bad, but it was my fault for not just going to her with my problems. But the first time that I had gone to her with a problem, she sort of intimidated me and I was scared of her. And I it's like really embarrassing to admit that I'm like a 30 year old woman, like scared of this 50 something year old woman, right? Like it's embarrassing, but she was very, very intimidating. And so I just wanted to like the more like the more big her personality got around me, the more my personality like shrank. And it even got to a point where uh, she had she had kind of asked this organization, like an outside organization, to send a, a mentor for the new teachers because this school is kind of a revolving door, mainly because it was hard to get there. You know, it was just so remote, like ninety miles from literally like anything a single gas station and that's it. That's all there was. A single restaurant, a single gas station, no other amenities. That's it. Very few buildings. So it was just hard to get people there. So the teachers are kind of a a revolving door at this school, unfortunately for the kids, right? Because very few teachers can actually live there and stick around long enough to build relationships. And that was something that I was learning as I went was that a lot of this was because I was replacing the teacher that had been there 30 years and they sort of resented me for replacing this person who loved and cared for them. And I didn't take time to understand that relationship before I jumped in. So, I mean, I hope this is a story where like, I'm, yes, I am kind of blaming my principal for making my life hell that year, but I'm also being honest with you with some mistakes that I made. You know, one, I complained to all my coworkers about all my problems instead of just going straight straight to my boss, you know. Two, I blamed everybody else except myself for problems that were happening. Three, I didn't really take time. Like I saw this as a stepping stone to my next job, which it totally was, right? And I didn't really take time to build relationships in this town because I knew I wouldn't be there the next year. And I think that the kids could pick up on this. You know, I was using them as a stepping stone. And even though I was trying to be enthusiastic and I totally redid this classroom and made it colorful and fun, and I was just trying everything I could to make it an awesome year. Deep down, I was like, yeah, but you know, I don't want to commute 90 miles a day next year, (laughs) you know, and it was just it was kind of it's a kind of a sad environment for everybody that goes to work at this school, because nobody actually wants to live in this town when there are no amenities. And it's just like, it's it's just a really it's kind of a heartbreaking situation because when they do finally get a teacher to move there and live there, you know, they're there until they retire and then when they lose that teacher, like the whole community kind of suffers. And these are these are dynamics of this town that I didn't realize when I took the job. Like I like I said, it was my it's my fault. It's my problem that I saw this job as my foot in the door and not like an opportunity to build relationships with people. It was really my my fault, but I do think that I was dealt um a really bad administrator uh who tried to strike fear and intimidate me every chance she got. Um yelling and screaming at me and embarrassing me and uh, talking about me behind my back. And like I said, at one point she sent in a mentor 
teacher uh, who was from an outside organization and she sent this person as kind of a spy. <laughs> and I grew to like love and trust this person over the course of three or four months. And I know that sounds kind of silly, but I mean, the person tried really, really hard to build a relationship w- with me. And she was a retired teacher herself. And I would actually meet her in the town that we both lived in for like coffee and lunch dates. Then I found out she was keeping a journal about every little thing I told her about, and she showed the journal to my boss. And about five months into my uh, first year teaching, they both showed up at the door while I was teaching and took me out of the classroom, took me into this little room and showed me the notebook, confronted me and said, look at all these negative things you've been doing and that you've been saying about these kids and your boss and this environment and this school. Look at what you've been doing. And it was seriously like one of the lowest moments of my life. I mean, I hysterically started crying. I couldn't believe that this person who was supposed to be my mentor had betrayed me. But I mean, it was a it was a hard lesson to learn. And they actually took me out of the classroom for the rest of the day. And my boss threatened to fire me like several times unless I came up with an entirely new behavior management plan. And so many things that I had said casually because I thought this person was my friend, um, they were twisted. Words were twisted. Um, ideas and my feelings were twisted. And I still don't know to this day, like why this person backstabbed me so bad. Um, I can only imagine it's just because she was originally the principal's friend, not mine. And I didn't know that. I didn't know she was like best buddies with the principal. I didn't know they hung out at a bar like on the weekends, you know, like I had no idea of any of this. I just thought, oh, this person is my friend. You know, she's a retired teacher. She's here to help me. Like, I did not know she was gathering intel against me, basically. And it was really gut-wrenching and bad. And so, I mean, that is one of my pieces of advice to you is that, unfortunately, teaching is a very solitary profession. And it you it's different when you're going into it from a different career or a different job or an a different outlook you know you want to share things with your coworkers and you want to trust people but you just never know the dynamic that's in a school building like you never know like who's talking to who or how they're going to misinterpret any little sliver of negativity so if you are a new teacher out there or you had a really bad year I want you to super reflect, super reflect. I keep saying super. That's what I say when I get nervous because it's hard telling the story because just bringing myself back to those negative times is like gut-wrenching. Anywho, I think I've said gut-wrenching about 10 times in this episode too. Oh boy. (laughs) But anywho, like try to think about how you've been negative because a lot of times when we get into these bad situations, it's always about all the other people that are being horrible and we can't see anything that we're doing. And now I see what I did. I was negative. I trusted the wrong people. I was just nonstop complaining about a situation that I could have been trying to improve by building relationships. And I didn't realize even what I was doing until it all blew up in my face. After the principal and my so-called mentor, (laughs) after they confronted me and my principal had me write a new behavior management plan, um, things got a little bit better, you know, like, I mean, I tried so hard to give the principal like weekly updates. She was demanding a lot more paperwork from me. 
And I, I just, I tried the rest of the year. I tried super hard. But it got to the end of the year when new jobs were opening and I applied for every single one there was to get myself out of there. And my principal gave me a bad recommendation. She told all of her other principal buddies to not hire me. (laughs) And I was pretty frustrated. I had gone on probably nine interviews for nine different open teaching positions in the town I was living in. And I got rejected for all of them. And I just thought, I'm done. I'm done being a teacher. I don't want to be here anymore. And I actually, um, it was the summer before we were getting married. And I was really looking forward to that because I was just like, I just want to start over. I want, I want my, my new name and my new husband and my new life. And I want to move. And it was just that traumatizing. I'm like, I'm probably not going to be a teacher ever again because I can't get a new teaching job. And so anyways, um, we ended up, you know, after we got married, we ended up moving back to my husband's house. He had been renting it and the renters had left it in um, disarray. They had they had moved out in the middle of the night and not told us. So here I am like a newlywed. I have a new husband and now I find out that we have a new house to take care of that has just been destroyed in a city that was 50 miles away. So we actually ended up moving away from this county and we moved to the next town over and we moved back into my husband's house. And I thought, okay, I'm going to start over here. If I have to be a teacher's aide, if I have to be a substitute, whatever. And about oh, a month into the summer, I think it was probably July and we got married in early June. Um, and I still hadn't given my notice. I was waiting till like the very last day, right? Because <laughs> I was like, these people aren't going to give me a new job. I'll put in my notice the last day. And, you know, that's just me being kind of immature. And also, I really was considering uh, trying to do the job uh, the second year in a row because the principal took a new job um, in the town that I wanted to work in. And of course, she brought all of her favorite teachers with her. <laughs> all the teachers that she had gotten along with had been spying on me all year. They all got jobs at this new school she was the principal at. So anyways, I thought, well, maybe I will go back because she won't be there anymore and all those teachers will be gone and, you know, it'll be a, a fresh start. I really didn't know what I was doing. And so... But I was about 90% certain I was just going to turn in my resignation the very last day. But I just wanted to keep it open, like, just in case another job came through in that county. Like, I just, I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. But it was uh, towards, like, the end of this contract, I got a call from one of the schools that had rejected me. And this one school... I had gotten a really good vibe from when I went to the interview. It was a school of all fifth and sixth grade classrooms. But again, I was coming in first year teacher with a bad recommendation, (laughs) right? And so I remember the only thing I had control over was my own behavior and my own actions. So after that interview, I had such a good feeling from it. I hand wrote all of the teachers that came to the interview a thank you note. I typed out a really long thank you letter to the principal and the vice principal and just poured my heart out in all of those letters, right? And I even had my husband like deliver them because I was working, I was doing something um, the day of this interview or I had to go back to work the next day. And so he hand delivered them to the school, right? Well, turns out that school kept my handwritten thank you letters and they were blown away 
by my, I don't know, like, (laughs) I don't know what to call it. They were just blown away by how genuine I was and how thoughtful I was. And they had never gotten handwritten thank you letters before for everybody that had interviewed. Like they were just like, wow, like nobody's ever given us these. So even though I had a bad recommendation, the principal called me. He's like, well, we have one more opening for this year and I want to offer it to you because of that handwritten thank you letter you sent to to us. You know, that that just showed so much about your character. And as soon as we got those, we knew that your bad recommendation from the principal was inaccurate. We knew that she was being biased, that something had happened. She obviously has a bad reputation for having things like this happen. And so, yeah, he offered me the job. I could not believe it because a month ago I was living in this town, right? Like a month ago, I was renting a house, living in this town, and I was all ready to stay stay living in this rental. And then, you know, when I decided that after those nine interviews failed and I couldn't get a job, I was like, you know what? Let's just move back into your house and fix it up and start a new life 50 miles away. So I had just left town, moved 50 miles away, and I was offered this job. But I was so thrilled. I couldn't turn it down. And I was already an employee of the school district. So I said yes. And I ended up commuting the next four years. <laughs> to to my new school um, that was 50 miles away. But it, gosh, if I only would have known one month before that, we could have kept our rental and I could have like actually lived without a commute for those years. <laughs> so it's funny how life works. But then, you know, my next job, everything just went amazing. I had a great second year teaching and third year there were some bumps because of the class that I had. And, and every year since then, I mean, there it's all been great. It's all been good. And I'm glad that I stuck with it. Um, It was a little risky keeping that contract up until the very end, but I just didn't know. I think that if I were giving you advice right now, if you had a bad school year or you have a bad relationship with your admin, you know, send out handwritten thank you letters, send out, you know, things that are genuine and meaningful, make your own handmade cards as thank yous. I mean, give them presents. I mean, I'm, I'm saying that like, Sometimes you feel like your career is over and you can't move on, but there are always other schools that will take you and there are always fresh starts to be had in education. So if you're listening to this and you're just like, oh, I hate my boss or I hate my school or I just hate the situation I'm in right now. I hate being a teacher. I guarantee you every single school has a different vibe. Every single school has different coworkers and different traditions. And that's what I love about being a teacher is that if you really hate your job, you can switch schools and it will be completely new life for you. And that is so much the truth. I mean, is it hard switching schools? Sure. Is it hard switching grade levels? Of course. But when you get in a place that's supportive and, you know, your administrators actually care about you and, you know, you've learned from your past mistakes. Like I knew going into that second year of teaching, like I had reflected long and hard about my mistakes and I knew my mistakes were that I was not, not building relationships. I was not putting myself out there enough for the kids, right? Like I was not like, even though I feel like I can build uh, rapport quickly with kids, rapport is different than relationships, right? Like I was not 100% there for the kids my first year teaching. And my second year, I just decided I'm not going to make the same mistake. And am I perfect? 
No. I'm like, do I have time to go to birthday parties on the weekend? Honestly, no, I don't. Do I have time to go to soccer games and stuff? No, but I believe relationship building is more about having meaningful conversations with kids and really learning about them, their interests, their loves, their likes, making them feel good about who they are and encouraging them to always, you know, be their best, but actually caring about them as a human being. And on social media, sometimes people are always like, oh, building relationships and they make it seem like it's the birthday parties and the soccer matches. But really, it's about those one-on-one conversations where you're giving 100% of your your attention to one child at a time, right? You're having those one-on-one conversations. You're telling them that you like them. You're telling them the things that you like about them. I mean, there's so much more that goes into it. And I mean, just building a rapport for me has always been easy. You just go into the room, you crack some jokes, you know, you pretend like you really want to be there and you're good. But a relationship, it takes a lot more work. And it's kind of a it's kind of a it's kind of a challenge as a teacher finding the time. Like so I would, you know, that first year teaching, I built relationships before school, after school, during recess. I mean, every chance I got, I took that lesson away with me. Okay, frenzies, I hope you got something cool out of this episode. Just know that you're you're not alone. If you're feeling if you're feeling alone and you're feeling like, oh boy, I, you know, my principal is a bully, the kids torture me, <laughs> my coworkers backstab me, I hate the environment that I'm in, I know I'm being too negative, but I don't know how to stop. I mean, listen, we've all been there. Like, you are actually not alone. You are in the majority because every single teacher I've talked to, no matter if they've taught one year or 10, They've had a bad experience in the classroom, and most of those teachers have had years of bad experience. So, and it's something that I have learned that I have to forgive myself for. Like, I bring up a lot of my, a lot of the things I could have done better in this episode. You know, I'm constantly still beating my up, myself up for that first year. I didn't do enough to build relationships. I I spoke negatively about my job and the kids. You know, I complained to my coworkers. I was a negative negative Nancy, right? I beat myself up, but then on the other side, I had to learn how to forgive my forgive myself for that year. And I'll be honest with you, like when I run into kids from that class, I just feel so much guilt and so much sadness. But when they see me, they're all smiles. They're like, oh, hi, Mrs. And they use my maiden name. Oh, we miss you, you know, and the kids, they don't know a lot of what's going on behind the scenes. So always keep that in mind that even though I know I didn't build good relationships with them, even though I know I didn't do the things that I would do now to build relationships they don't know any different you know like yeah they knew that I wasn't like in the moment at the time they knew that I wasn't that teacher that was going to be there for 30 years they knew that I wasn't going to be long term there and that affected our relationships but now I mean I really didn't damage them (laughs) because I feel like oh gosh I wasn't my 1000% I was so awful 
But to them, when they see me in public, they seem really happy to see me. Uh, they, they kind of hold me on this pedestal of like, I was one of their teachers. And I, I really like the first few times I ran into them in public, I, I was just sweating to death because I was thinking, Oh my gosh, they're going to start yelling at me, telling me that I was a horrible person and a horrible teacher. And they're glad that I left. And it was completely the opposite. So just know, like, if you're in a weird situation, a bad situation where you know that you have not been the best teacher you could to the kids. I mean, really, like they're very resilient. And maybe at the time things weren't that great, but you were still an adult that stayed there in their life and didn't abuse them for a whole year, right? Like you didn't, you didn't abuse them. You didn't walk out on them. You didn't neglect them. You didn't, um, you didn't flake out on them. I mean, you as a, as a teacher, as long as you're there, you know, the whole year, you're showing up, you're trying to do the best you can. I mean, your your stability in their memories, right? Like whether they have stability in their life or not, you're like a stable memory. And that's usually a pretty good one, you know? And I've seen kids even run into teachers they've told me that they hate, you know? And they're super happy to see those teachers. So it's just, it's a it's a delicate relationship. And I know I didn't do the best with the, those kids at that time, but I have to forgive myself and and see that, you know, they're kids and they don't really necessarily remember all of your lowest moments or even know what those moments were or what was happening at the time. And you just got to let it go, right? Like at some point you got to let those old relationships and those, those hurtful memories, you just, you have to let them go and move on. And that's what I love about education is that we always have the chance to move to a new building. We can always go to a new school. We can switch grade levels. You don't like your principal? Well, I know there's a way you can find a school with a different principal, you know? And that's what I really love about this profession and this career. And it is sort of unique compared to other places. There's, there's not, not every career is it's so easy to bounce from year to year into something new without a very long process or or some sort of, you know, some sort of advancement or, you know, new thing that you had to come up with. I mean, as teachers, we can just kind of move around as we feel like it to where, you know, where we're needed. And just because we move for our own mental health, it doesn't mean that we're a bad teacher, that we were a bad teacher. I mean, sometimes you just have to know your limits and know when it's time to move on. And that's always my number one piece of advice to new teachers is like, listen, if this year didn't work out and it kind of sucked, move on, go to a new school. And there's a lot of stress. I know in some places like, oh, if I move schools, I'll get a pay cut or this or that. No amount of money is worth you being unhappy though. And that's how I had to see it too. You know, like I was prepared to just leave and start anew in my new town before I got that second year teaching job. And I would have done it because I had to start to learn how to value my own happiness because your happiness is worth something. And we have to stop pretending like teaching is this thankless profession. We're all martyrs and this is just the way it is in public service. And, you know, teachers just have to, you know, give up all of their free time for everything or else they're a bad teacher. You know, like there's so many weird thoughts about being a teacher and really it's just, 
It's just a job like any other. And do we put our heart and souls into it? Of course. When you're dealing with children and delicate personalities, yeah, you get your emotions involved. But you can't you can't let yourself feel bad for mistakes or when th- things don't work out or when you're having a bad year and you're short-tempered or when you know you're you could be doing better but you're just trying to survive. You got to forgive yourself because there's always going to be years in the future where you can change and improve and grow, but you have to find the right environment. You have to find the right school. Okay, frenzies, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got something out of this. And I hope if you've ever been in my position that, you know, we can just heal and learn and grow together. Like it's hard to admit where you went wrong, but I think it's okay to admit that it's not always your fault. And I think it's okay to forgive yourself for mistakes that you made. All right, until next time, frenzies, I love all of you. Thank you for tuning in. You've just finished listening to Healthy Teacher Happy Jet. Happy Jessica, what? (laughs) Oh no, I don't know how to stop.